The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning, today, the 14th of July. And now we have with us as guest Hillary Hodges, a volunteer through Barnabas Vision who is working to raise money and raise school supplies. And she's going to donate those school supplies through Barnabas Vision to first through 12th graders. Hillary, good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we've had you on, I think last year you were doing the same thing. Yes, the last two years. We've been working hard for our kids in our community. So these school supplies, these are going to a lot of different low-income families who otherwise may not be able to afford the school supplies for their kids. So tell us more about it. Right, Scott. So Barnabas Vision partners with a local housing complex in um, Relaford County, and we work with preschool through 12th graders. We try to give um, the parents just some, some help. You know, we've calculated about $56 a kid. You think a, a family that has uh, two to four kids, that's going to be a, a lot of extra expense. So we come in and we do, um, we fill their backpacks up. We get the school supplies from their school list, from their current schools, and we make sure that they have everything that they need. So they walk into school feeling just as as excited and ready as everyone else. And and what kind of feedback do you get from not only the parents, but the kids when they get these new school supplies? It is just a a face of joy. You know, they're excited. um, They're happy about it. You know, they pick their color of their backpack. They come up, they run, uh, they run up to us. Um, We do a little party with them. We do some pizza and we do some, um, just some fun activities with them on that night. And, um, but we also add Bibles into each into each um, backpack. So we give the elementary age kids an elementary Bible and we give the middle school and high school kids a Bible so that hopefully they're going to be in the Word as well um, so that that can help them throughout their their school year to have the best year that they can have. Now, the money for the school supplies and the school supplies themselves, these are all being collected now and then there's going to be that big giveaway you were talking about, like kind of like a party, August 3rd. Right. So we are uh, collecting up until July 27th, and we'll collect up until August 1st. August 1st is actually when we will pack the backpacks. We're not going to turn anything away. Um, our community is always, our community always shows up, and they show up for kids in need, especially. So we can, um, we're taking donations at Barnabas Vision, and that is at 141 MTCS Road. And that's 8 to 12 or 1 to 4 Monday through Thursday, and then 8 to 12 on Friday. So you can actually bring in donations. We have our list on our website, um, www.barnabasvision.org, or you can mail a check-in, or you can Venmo. So real easy. You could just Venmo at Barnabas-Vision. Miss Julie Young has made us an Amazon wish list, so you can go on our website and find an Amazon wish list, and that'll... You can click, you know, it's just as easy as a click away, and you can help a ton of kids have a great start to their school year. Again, we're talking with Hillary Hodges, a volunteer through Barnabas Vision here in town, and she is working to collect school supplies for kids in first through 12th grade. Now, I was looking at some of the items on the list, things like a 24-count box of crowns, children's scissors, glue sticks, large pink erasers, the... Uh, 
500 composition books, and then uh, notebook paper, The list goes on and on, Scott. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little overwhelming. I'm a parent of two, and it's overwhelming to look at those lists. And then you go into the store and you try to find all of that stuff, and that's also a little overwhelming. So we have been very blessed. We've already received all of our crayons and all of our um, erasers. We've also received all of our exo markers. So the community's already doing an awesome job. Um, we're in need of uh, kids' scissors, notebook paper, packs of notebook paper. I think we need 200 packs of notebook paper. Um, the packs of number two pencils and colored pencils, those are needs. Glue sticks. I think an average elementary student, the teachers asked for 10 glue sticks. So you're, we're looking at 80 elementary kids and pre-K kids. So we've got, you know, 800 glue sticks to get so we have a lot of glue sticks and then those those binders for our middle school students and our high school students and and just the plastic folders so we've got composition books we've got scissors we've got colored pencils um crayon boxes or pencil boxes are also something that we'll put everything in so the kids walk in and they have everything organized as well and barnabas they donate the backpacks so we have everybody's backpack and this year i'm super excited um We've upped our our backpacks this year. Last year we did 100. This year we're doing 160. We added um, pre-K into our drive this year. And then we added more elementary kids. There's a lot of elementary kids in our community that we're working with, and we're real excited to make sure that they go in um, just ready, ready for a great school year. And, you know, in looking at this list, I'm thinking back to when my kids were young, and I don't remember the school supply list being this long. Right, Scott, and, and, you know, as in the world that we live in today, everything is going up, um, and no one's paycheck is going up. So with that said, this is an awesome opportunity. You know, just throwing in a, a couple of pairs of scissors when you go to the, the store, some paper, or, you know, if, if people in our community would do five items, donate five items apiece, we would knock this out in, in a couple of days. Yeah, so it, it's just a, a great opportunity, but it's overwhelming. And, again, you take a family – that has more than one child and you add 200 plus dollars to their august which is already expensive um you got to make some hard choices there you know i i can't imagine what this would be like for you know a, a single parent household that is already struggling to pay bills and things are so expensive today anyway so this would be right. really tough on a lot of people right and i think that's where tough decisions have to be made you know, do you not pay something so that your child can have what they need to enter school? And, you know, in our Rutherford County schools and our city system, they do a great job of helping students as well. This is just an added an added help to hopefully relieve some stress off of our parents hey, and ha- our kids. Have you had a chance to talk to some of the teachers of some of these students just to hear what, you know, I'm sure there's stories where kids come in without any school supplies sometimes. Right. And I have not personally. I actually, we did a camp at this local um, housing community this summer, and we called it Camp Inspire. So we worked with um, any of the students that wanted to be there. We had kids from 5 to 17, and it was amazing, Scott. Um, the kids are precious. Um, they are earn- they're just, just reaching and loving and happy and joyful for people to spend time with them and to show them some love. So it was a great opportunity for me to get to meet them personally and know their story a little bit. And um, it's just a blessing to know them. They bless me probably more than we bless them. 
Again, Hillary Hodges with us this morning talking about the Barnabas Vision uh, Back to School School Supply Fundraiser that's going on now. And then the big giveaway will be August the 3rd. And if anybody would like to help out, they can drop off the school supplies at the Barnabas Vision office, 141 MTCS Road. And you said people can also Venmo Barnabas Vision. Right. Venmo at Barnabas-Vision. And then they can mail a check in. They can drop a check off to Barnabas, and then we can do um, the shopping for them. Or they can check out our website and look at the Amazon list. So we have multiple ways that our great community can give. Sounds great. And whenever we post this podcast, we'll also post the details on how people can donate and that Venmo address as well. And uh, if anybody would like to call Barnabas, the number is 615-556-5134. But again, Hillary, this uh, fundraising efforts going on right now up until when? Well, our, our date is July 27th when we're trying to have everything in, but we will take donations up until August 1st. We're going to pack the backpacks the morning of August 1st, and anyone can come and help us do that too. Um, and then we would love to have people come out and, and help us give out the backpacks on August 3rd. That sounds and great. we can give you more information at Barnabas Vision. So lots of opportunity there for people to really get involved and help out in addition to donating for the school supplies. Exactly. And, and you know, Scott, it's just a, we live in a wonderful community, but we also live in a community that has a lot of need. And Barnabas does a really good job. David Coggin and all of his um, crew at Barnabas, they do a wonderful job of helping our community. But this is a little bit of an outreach to where everyone in our community can help so it's an easy way to help and it really makes a big difference and a huge impact on showing the love of jesus to our kids again hillary hodges with us this morning talking about barnabas vision and the back to school school drive hillary thank you for joining us thank you scott and thank you for having us and again thank you for all of your support and relisford county thank you for the the love and support that you give our kids absolutely The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We need to be especially mindful to protect our pets from fleas and ticks. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of products to keep your dog and cat safe. In addition to products that will directly protect your pet, we carry a variety of items to keep your home safe as well. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans and now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Well, for Rutherford County resident Bill Thaw, it was love at first sight. The Miami, Florida native traveled to Rutherford County for vacation, then promptly packed his bags and moved there full time three weeks later. And one of the 
top selling points for this director of food nutrition services person, the local cuisine. But the 61-year-old almost lost the ability to prepare and enjoy the southern foods that he loved because of GERD, or acid reflux symptoms. And this is where Dr. Willie Melvin, who is a board-certified general and robotic surgeon at the surgical clinic in Smyrna, stepped in to help. Dr. Melvin, how are you this morning? Oh, we're doing well. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So I, I guess first, tell us what was going on with this guy who was from Miami, Florida, and what happened? Sure. If you'll allow me, though, uh, reflux disease um, is part of a normal process. And so to backtrack just a little bit, um, the actual process of reflux is a physiologic occurrence that occurs in everyone. And it's only when it's not managed well that it presents as a disease. And so everyone has some form of reflux and we have certain mechanisms in our body to manage it like gravity that helps pull things down and the alkaline nature of our saliva that kind of neutralizes the acid but in some people it does become a problem because either the uh, normal mechanisms don't work or there's a component of a hiatal hernia that makes it worse and literally you know times of day certain foods um, you know, they, they suffer. And so that leads to certain medication, dietary modification, lifestyle changes. And when all of that reaches its, its end point and still doesn't help, then they turn to me. And that's what happened with Bill. He got to the point where uh, he was uncomfortable more often than not. Um, and even with those modifications and with those medications, he was still uh, having some trouble. And so we stepped in to give him a hand. And we're talking about a guy whose livelihood focused on food. So this had to be hard on him. Yeah, and as you can imagine, as a food preparer, as a chef, as a a gentleman who recognizes and enjoys and prepares, it certainly can be debilitating. But even the average person, you know, who cooks in the kitchen, uh, it gets to that same point where they just don't want to enjoy food anymore because virtually anything that they eat. And there's certainly certain triggers, uh, caffeine, um, chocolates, alcohol, those things can exacerbate the situation. But then even without those, at some point, it gets to the point where, you know, people still have trouble with just eating day to day. Again, Dr. Willie Melvin with us this morning. He is a surgeon at the surgical clinic in Smyrna. So in uh, Bill Thal's case, what had to be done in order to help him out with this acid reflux he was having? So I use the analogy of a threshold and a door. And so if you can imagine a door opening and closing and it's, it's a good fit in the way it's supposed to work, but if the threshold were larger, then that door wouldn't close as well. Or if there was something wrong with the door itself, then it would not you know, be the barrier that it's supposed to be. And so in the body, there's a, a junction between the esophagus, which is the food pipe from the mouth to the stomach, and the actual stomach. And there's a sphincter mechanism that acts like a, a one-way valve. And that lower esophageal sphincter, when it doesn't work well, or the hiatus, which is the opening in the diaphragm through which the esophagus travels, if that hiatus or threshold is too big, 
then it requires surgery to correct that hiatus and reconstruct that valve mechanism, that protective one-way mechanism. And that's what um, we evaluated Bill and determined that that would help him. And so that's what he had done. Now, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who suffer from acid reflux problems and symptoms and, and issues, and they're probably saying, well, what can I do so that I don't get to that point where I have to have something surgical done? So the, the short answer is um, follow up with your primary doctor. Uh, it's interesting because uh, the presentation of GERD can come in different ways. Um, it can be something uh, that your dentist will see because that acid reflux will affect the enamel of your teeth. It can be something that your ear, nose, and throat doctor will see because your raspy voice or sore throat or problems with your ear. All of those are, are manifestations of reflux. And certainly heartburn, indigestion, uh, those things you'll probably follow up with your primary doctor or your PCP or sometimes they'll refer you to a gastroenterologist. But, you know, the, the first step is recognizing it. Uh, the next step is doing dietary changes and modification and lifestyle changes. Things like elevating the head of your bed, don't eat too late, uh, and then lay down after you eat. Don't eat big meals late at night. All of those things are non-operative management. Um, and then, of course, there's some medication that can help neutralize some of the acid. But... Those medications were originally designed to be treated for three to six months, and there are people that are on them for much, much longer, years, and we're starting to see the adverse effect of that long-term use, so a cautionary tale. Now, if surgery is something that somebody does have to do, like in Bill's case, for example, how invasive of a surgery and, and how much recovery time are we looking at and all of that stuff? Here at uh, Stonecrest in Smyrna, uh, we have a, a foregut program where we evaluate the patients to determine the, whether they're a candidate for the procedure. And then once we determine that and review those information with the patient, then we schedule them for a minimally invasive procedure with robotic-assisted laparoscopic hiatal hernia repair and the transoral incisionless fundoplication. The patients will meet with a dietary uh, advisor prior to surgery, while in the hospital, and then in follow-up afterwards to help explain the progression of the diet and address some of their concerns with eating as they go through this process. Most patients spend a night in the hospital and are ready to go the next day. Wow. Resume normal activity within a week or so. Sounds great. Again, Dr. Willie Melvin with us this morning. Again, surgeon at the surgical clinic in Smyrna. Now, you were saying earlier with acid reflux, it can present itself with a number of issues, including even earaches. But I understand headaches and stomach aches are all things that could happen, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are the, the, the things that most people associate with it. But I wanted to share with your audience that you know, there may be other presentations um, that I encourage them to follow up on to ensure. I spoke with one of our ENT doctors just yesterday, and he sent us a patient that had had problems with their with hoarseness, and they were convinced that there was something wrong. And it turns out that it was just it was reflux. And so this patient was having what we call silent aspirations that at night that acid would reflux into the back of their throat and affect their vocal cords. 
So um, it's just just word of caution. Hey, so what are the dangers in not treating GERD or acid reflux? The long-term effects uh, can be serious, actually. It's not just an inconvenience. And so the hiatal hernia, or the defect in the hiatus, the opening between the chest and the belly and the diaphragm, that can sometimes get bigger. And I've had patients present with almost half their stomach in their chest. The lining of the esophagus is different than the lining of the stomach. The stomach lining is designed to make and hold acid, so it has a mucus that kind of protects it against the acid. The esophagus doesn't have that. And so when you wash or splash that acid over the esophagus over a long period of time, sometimes that lining can change characteristics. And that cellular change can sometimes be presented as Barrett's esophagus, or even in an advanced stage, present as cancer. And you can also have some scarring as a result of that, resulting in narrowing of that junction and causing dysphagia. Uh, So definitely get that taken care of if you suffer from acid reflux, it sounds like. I think so. Definitely. Again, with us today, Dr. Willie Melvin, board-certified general and robotic surgeon at the Surgical Clinic in Smyrna. Dr. Melvin, thank you for joining us. Scott, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk with your audience and share. And certainly, I invite them to come and always just talk. It's, it's easy to start with a conversation, either through their PCP or directly to our office. Just reach out. We can have a conversation. Sounds good. Again, thanks again, and talk to you again soon. Have a great day, Scott. Thank you. You, you too. Time right now, 840. You're tuned to WGNS on this Friday morning, today the 14th of July. And we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. And of course, we'll post this entire show on our website in just a little while. It'll be at WGNSRadio.com under the Action Line podcast section. Now, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to head to the Alvin C. York VA Medical Center here in Murfreesboro. And we'll be talking with Miss Stephanie Doris at the Murfreesboro VA. And she is the enrollment supervisor there. So we'll learn about some different programs at the VA in just a minute. Time again, 841 on this Friday morning. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. Adams Place makes fun, and there's as much to do as you want to do. When I leave my room about 10 a.m., I don't get back sometimes till midnight. (laughs) I'm a night owl. Well, I like to have fun with my friends. Yes, I do. Where is the fun? Oh, hands down, I'd say Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. 
We are very blessed to have volunteers, to have friends that are decorators that come in and merchandise our store and do our window displays that help with linens, that help with jewelry, that help just make the store look really nice. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE Sharing Change has now donated more than $11 million to local nonprofits, assisting worthy causes in our community. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Now, on this next portion of the show, we'll be talking with Miss Stephanie Doris at the Murfreesboro VA, and she is an enrollment supervisor at the VA. And one of the things we'll find out about is what is the PACT Act and why is it so important? With us now, Stephanie Doris. Stephanie, how are you this morning? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm good. So what is the PACT Act? So the PACT Act was put in place in August of 2022. It's basically a extra bit of health care to ensure that veterans receive care for their toxic exposures that they may have experienced during their military service, like chemical exposures, Agent Orange or burn pits, air pollution, burn pits again, or oil well fires, occupational hazards, lead paint, fuels, um, and different paints that we used on military vehicles radiation, whether it was um, x-rays or nuclear weapons testing, warfare agents. Our veterans have gone through so much, especially during war times in Vietnam and post 9-11 in Iraq and Afghanistan, that they, there is a lot of toxic exposures that we are trying to make sure that they are getting coverage for. And I can imagine that even on American soil during training exercises, there's still a lot of stuff they would have gone through that, you know, could be chemically dangerous because you've got firefighters out there who are in the middle. I mean, there's just so many different job absolutely. fields. Camp Lejeune is absolutely another one of them with those water, with the water. Um, there is a lot, especially like the nuclear weapons testings. You know, if you're on a ship, those are things that could possibly come up. Um, so, yeah, these are there's so many things that they have gone through that, that we're trying to make sure that they get coverage for those medical issues that they may have from those exposures. So since this PACT Act went into effect in 2022, how has enrollment and, and how has it been received locally? We've actually enrolled quite a few people over the past year, um, just under, um, I would say for Tennessee Valley, we have enrolled just under about 5,000 veterans. Now, I won't say all of them have to do with PACT Act, but those are veterans that are new um, to, to our system. And for veterans out there listening who may have some underlying ailments that they don't know what they're tied to yet, how important is it to get seen fairly quick and then enroll in this whole program? So one of the things um, with our with the PACT Act is if they do qualify, they go through the tests, and they do qualify under that PACT Act, if they get enrolled and start 
their procedures with everything before August 9th. It will be backdated to the beginning of the PACT Act of August 10th of 2022, those benefits. If they start afterwards, after um, August 9th, so August starting August 10th and going forward, those benefits will start on the day that they had applied and started. So it's extremely important that they come and get enrolled with the VA, start that, that process of going through the test and, and, and start their VBA or Veterans Benefit of, um, Administration's their information that they're needing. Again, we're talking with Stephanie Doris at the Murfreesboro VA and Enrollment Supervisor there. So if a veteran is listening and has some questions about this and they don't really know what direction to turn, is there a phone number they can call? There is a phone number that they can call. There's a couple of them. So they can come in locally to the Murfreesboro, Nashville, Clarksville, or Chattanooga VAs. We have health benefits associate assistance that will help them with any of those questions. They can also call us at 615-225-2715, or they can call the national number for Veterans of Benefits Administration at 1-800-827-1000. And then after they enroll, what, what happens next? Kind of walk us through the different steps. So after they enroll, um, and I would say best option to do is to come in and see us. Um, There is multiple ways to enroll, but the best option I would say is to come in and see us at any of those four campuses and talk to one of my health benefit assistants, and they will walk them through it. At that point, after they enroll, they will get them over to the primary care clinics right near where our HBAs are, and they will work them into trying to get scheduled with a primary care doctor and start getting their health care going. If they cannot make it into the VA, which we have veterans that cannot, and that's perfectly understandable, they have options. Uh, They can call the Health Eligibility Center, which is HEC, um, and enroll over the phone at 1-877-222-8384, or they can go online to va.gov, and there is a link of Apply Now for Health Care. So you have multiple ways um, to get in and get enrolled into the VA. And again, we're talking with Stephanie Doris, and all of this enrollment surrounds the PACT Act. And that PACT Act, as you were explaining earlier, it specifically focuses on veterans who may have been exposed to any type of chemical agent out there. And that could be literally a long list of anything. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that different veterans are exposed to, not only at wartime, but here in training exercises as well. So there is a lot of folks out there who this will probably impact. It is. And there's another part of the PACT Act, though, that I do need to make sure I remind veterans of. Um, Veterans who are post-9-11 veterans who did deploy, that did did go to Iraq, I get Afghanistan um, between September 11th, 2001, and October 1st of 2013. They have until September 30th, 2023. So just just over a month, about a month and a half, and they will receive free health care for their combat-related issues. This is a great time for them to work on getting their service connections 
for those disabilities that they have gotten or received uh, while they were deployed. So this is, there's not a lot of time left on this. You know, September 30th is, it'll come quick. And we really want to make sure that those veterans get that health care that they, that they have definitely earned. And so the added benefits of the health care under the PACT Act and under everything else you're talking about here, uh, where they have to enroll by September 30th in the PACT Act, they have to enroll by, you said, August the 9th. What, what types of extra benefits are we looking at? When it comes to the PACT Act with the chemic toxic toxic exposure, they're working on trying to get um, special health care for those exposures, making sure that what they have going on from, from their service is taken care of. Um, so we need to know how many veterans we have that have these exposures. Now, there is no deadline for the Compact Act as a whole. They can, they can um, after August 10th, they can completely still enroll and still go through the PACT Act. It's care just for those toxic exposures or for those post-9-11 veterans. And again, if you do enroll in that by I believe you said August 9th, then it will be backdated. So I guess that would help fund previous office visits at other doctor's locations. Okay. Sounds like it's very important for veterans out there who may have been exposed to anything to definitely enroll in this. Just stop by the local VA or you said call. And uh, what was the number here locally they can call? It's 615-225-2715. All right. Again, Stephanie Doris with us from the Murfreesboro VA, enrollment supervisor there. And uh, as we close this morning, is there anything else that veterans out there should be aware of or their family members? Absolutely. Um, Talk to us. We are here to help the people at the VA. We care. We want to help. Um, We want to make sure that they get the best information as possible. I have an amazing team within health benefits and eligibility that myself and them all um, are very dedicated to making sure our veterans are taken care of properly. Um, And throughout the VA, we want to make sure that they are taken care of properly. So please call. Please come in and see us and talk to us because we're, we're here for you. Again, a lot of positive services right here in Murfreesboro at the VA campus, which is uh, right here in the borough down Memorial Boulevard. And if you're near the intersection of Memorial and Thompson Lane, that is where you'll find the VA campus here in town. Stephanie Doris with us. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Time right now is 8.55. Stay with us. The news comes your way next on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Hi, this is Mike Cutter. I am the owner of the award-winning family-owned home care agency, Honey Hill Home Care. Are you or a loved one in need of a reliable, compassionate caregiver? We take the time to match our experienced caregivers with your family member to ensure a comfortable and lasting bond. With us, you can have peace of mind knowing your loved one will receive exceptional assistance, monitoring, and companionship from a trusted caregiver they can rely on. Honey Hill has been the trusted source for home care for hundreds of families in Rutherford County over the last seven years. Learn more at HoneyHillHC.com. 
The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.